You're listening to Future Theater Radio with Bill and Nancy Burns, right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Hi, everybody. We are your co-hosts, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Hello, everybody. Burns, and we are broadcasting live on Future Theater from the banks of Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Sobury Village, Pennsylvania, on the Dark Matter Digital Network and PSN Radio. Our producer is the Jackal, Angel Espino. Say hello, Jackal. Hello, Jackal. Hey, hello, Nancy Jack. and Bill. And hello, our ladies and gentlemen listening. Thank you. And our Hello, guest all. tonight, our guest tonight is an old, old friend, <clears throat> the proprietor of the Anomalies channel on uh, the Roku box and uh, the proud new owner of Steam Shovel Press, Olaf Phillips. Ah, Olive. Olive. I Olive. Our old friend, Olive. Yes. You're yes. never going to let me uh, live that down, are you, Nancy? It's adorable because you, you did it. Just absolutely innocently, and you said you repeated it. I love that. That's that's great stuff. I only said it twice. Good radio. Just yeah, twice. but it's funny each time. Funny. Each and then time. you 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 corrected me, and I was like, "Don't." Yeah. Well, can't believe I did that. Well, Olaf himself is uh, Olaf is a funny name. It's you know not as no, funny. Count Olaf. No, Count Olaf. It's not really mm-hmm. funny. It's, <clears throat> no, it's a Norwegian. It's a, a yeah. Viking name. I mean, there's Count Saint Olaf. Olaf. No, no, there's St. Olaf's College in, in um, Minnesota. And um, when the Vikings landed in North America, this is true, they used to write graffiti on places. And so literally, there was a, a Viking among the Anglo-Saxon settlements, and he actually wrote, Olaf was Hera. Olaf was <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. I love that. You see, that's any boys listening, that's how you get a girl. If you have a tidbit like that, the right kind of a girl will just melt and say, oh, that's so smart. Because I, I guarantee I know- you, if you're a teenager and you try to use that line, you're not getting mm-hmm. a girl. It's just not happening. Uh, no, the right girl. I'm <laughs> saying the right girl. You need a girl who thinks like you. And I want to give a, a bunch of shout-outs and basically um, you know, fill everybody in on the latest um, Art Bell news because if you go to artbell.com, um, thanks to Keith Rowland, who is our benevolent overlord, uh, who who is less benevolent as we speak because he just sent out a mass email, a Uh-oh. second one that you probably didn't get because it, it came as just as we were going on the air, and it's one of those, da da da, you know, the sound had better be superb, and it's crazy yes. because he and he and Art are oh my goodness yesterday they here listen to these statistics um this happened uh yesterday sunday about you know late in the afternoon i was out mowing and i missed it all so art mentioned on belgab and go to belgab.com sign up you'll know everything we're talking about um so art mentioned he was going to try to do a test of his skypey stuff Want to see if the if the calls were private, you know, no right, right. no going out in the air and stuff. He got a couple of thousand uh, backup requests 
Now, that's just from a little tiny – he did mention it on Facebook. but I was actually going to call in, and I wasn't able to uh, call in because I had to leave. Wow, but think about those numbers. Think about uh-huh. a 1,000 or so or over – It's Art over. Bell, man. Are you kidding me? I know, but middle of Saturday after, or Sunday afternoon, literally. Yeah, no, uh, but it's Art uh, Nancy, little... it's Art Bell. And by the way, Bill. Um, yes. Heads up, uh, congratulations on getting the wife to do the, uh, the mowing of the lawn. That's a good move. Right. I know, right? Right? (laughs) Right? Well, here's what happened. Very smooth, Bill. Here's the thing. I've always liked pushing mowers, you know, the push mower, not the kind that turn on electricity, but the kind that you push, right? Um, Right. I I follow. I follow. Oh, they are so pleasant to use. And I, I happen to have a sharp one. My brother gave it to me. It's very sharp. And I just clatter along. And it's so sensual. Because sometimes I walk on my bare feet and you you smell the grass. Oh, my goodness. It's so incredibly gorgeous. You know, it's such a pleasure to be able to do it. And I do it uh, a couple times a day, pretty much, sometimes three times a day. The lawn is very mowed. And it's kind of rustic, but with mowed parts. And um, anyway, so I, and I know a lot about our yard because of this. Um, a lot, of, you know, sometimes... I just know a lot about our yard. But anyway, so here's the Art Bell stuff beside the phone call. Um, one of the Art Bell bell gabbers, a guy named Ross Campbell, and he, his um, avatar makes you think it's a girl, Saucy Rossy, although it's got a wolf man on it, but Saucy Rossy. Uh, he made a fan. It's called a fan flick. Like it's like a fan, little fan movie. And I linked to it in Skype, and maybe Angel will put it up. And I bet you already have. And I've also oh, I've, tweeted it a bit. Yeah, I'm going to tweet it out in a minute here. And I'm also going to tweet out um, our guest tonight. And by the way, I'm going to tweet it out as live tonight on Feature Theater. Olav Phillips, not Olive. Not Olive. Anybody wanting to hear from Olive would have to go elsewhere. <laughs> and look at a Popeye cartoon. Yes. So, so listen oil. to this. But though. the trailer was awesome. That was really oh, well put together. Oh, I love this so much. So cool. And, and here's the cool thing. Underneath the trailer, I mean, the uh, the fellow, Ross Campbell, mentions that it's kind of a fan thing. I think he, there's a term for this. It's sort of, it's like a mashup or something. Um, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's like, um, you know, it's what you see on TV. Is that footage from like a TV show or yes, a movie? Yes, that's what I'm going to tell you. Footage is from a movie called Thief, T-H-I-E-F, okay. Thief, which I right. want to check out. And the mu- music at the very end is Compliments of Tangerine Dream, okay? So um, I believe, well, maybe maybe that's not that music. Maybe Tangerine Dream is in Thief. I'm not sure. I grabbed this from the, um, from the Belgab forum. Um, but in any event, or no, I actually grabbed it from artbell.com. Just go to artbell.com. You'll see yes, the, she, the yep. thing. But here's right the thing about it. It made me so proud to be part of this deal, and I can't imagine how puffed up Art Bell must have gotten when he saw this, because this is exactly the essence of why he's a cool, he's a cool character. It's got very lengthy uh, sound bites from Art, okay, um, right? Uh, so you can really right. – and those sound bites – The ideas they had, I think, is kind of like similar to the idea you had with the uh, bumper for Bellhaven. Ah, uh, not really. Really, one's yeah. professional and one is last ditch. Um, no, but the true. concept is the same. <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, putting the, the the art bell clips on top of like something else going on, whether it's music or the uh, yeah. Well, movie. in this case, what what makes this so brilliant is 
um, I don't care that the guy who did it, Ross Campbell, didn't do the film itself. He he knew he has enough taste to know what to grab, and that's that's the whole mashup skill set here. And it just kind of you know gives you this whole. Uh, you're in the car in the rain, going through God knows what you know um, uh, suburban. You know, and in other words, there's a lot of rain. There's a lot of uh, metal in this thing, right? It, it, and it, it contrasts nicely. Of the movie, it reminds you of the movie Streets of Fire, okay. where you're under a, a train under um, overpass on okay, cool. an elevated train. Yeah. That's mm. what it is. It's the French Connection. It's yeah, Streets yeah, yeah. of Fire. It's something. It reminds like that. me. It reminds me of me 15 years ago driving home at night listening to Art Bell. Yeah, Dome. exactly. That's, that's the point. Of. That's the point. Brings yeah, back yeah. those chills, man. It's like this is this is the best year for nostalgia. We're getting Star Wars at the end of the year. We're getting Art Bell back in the middle of the year. Right. Life X-Files. is good. X Files. X Files is You're coming back. You're getting Mickey Rooney back in the fall. Yeah. That's right. Mickey Rooney coming back in the fall. That's going to be great. And Actually, yeah. Yeah. And and they're about to announce. announce now they're about to, well, huh? besides that too, yeah. they're about to announce a Boba Fett versus Han Solo Star Wars spinoff. No kidding. Not wait for that. Wow, wow, that's weird. That that's is just weird. Plain weird. <laughs> that is weird. Because I, I don't. When you say Boba Fett, I have no visual image whatsoever. You don't know who Boba Zero. Fett is, really? I do not. And I, you know, I've kind of. It's one of those things I never really wow. bothered to look up. I've always loved the name. Think it's the cutest name in the world. I don't know if it's a villain <laughs> or whether it's a, uh, you know, it's a stuffed animal because um, a Boba girl Fett. That, Boba Fett. A girl used to use that as her avatar, and I just associate it with this girl, and uh, who was a journaler back in the day. Anybody that remembers that sort of thing. But anyway, the, I wanted to finish with this um, little film. It will encourage other people. I'm sure we'll do more. But um, the film is saturated with wet, with raindrops and rain, and this, and it contrasts so nicely with Midnight in the Desert. It, it shows you the the cognitive dissonance of radio on the internet instead of, you know, the old-timey radio when you turned your car on. Now this is radio everywhere, and it kind of seeps in. So I think Art Bell is off to a really great start if he's got people like this working around him. That's what I think. Don't you think? Well, I don't know. Is, is this somebody who is directly connected to Art, or is it just like a fan film? No, I think it, I think it's a oh. fan film. I think somebody a fan just made. And look, you're going to see a lot more of that because it's Art Bell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we're, usually, we're not we're not talking a Joe Schmo, you know, Bandcamp, whatever. We're talking about Art Bell. I know, and I so. can see the difference. I hate to say it, you know. I you know I had this kind of flirtation with with another person earlier, and this level is so much higher than than the uh, you know, and, and and of course what makes it so is Art Bell. Uh, Get the a little ray of sunshine. The long, yes, the long sound bites <laughs> from Art Bell in this clip really make you excited about the fact that the man can sell a spooky story. He really can sell the moment. He can basically sell you his skepticism and his enthusiasm for maybe just maybe you'll you'll finally trick me, or you know it will be the truth. So yeah. Anyway, so hello to Marilyn. I, I promised to shout out to Marilyn. She's a Twitter person of great renown and the Bell Gab. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to plug. Anyway, stuff is really in great in great shape from my end, and nobody wants to hear about that. That's I got schlonged nope. pretty badly in the old uh, <laughs> on the old Bell Gab forum. 
so don't go to a, anything that says future theater. Stay off those threads for a while. They're not safe. Mean oh, people. It's, it's getting bad with her? <laughs> it, it got pretty bad for a while. Um, really? Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, because people th- cannot understand what the point of my talking is. They just don't get it. And this one person said a couple times that I'm, I go, I'm on a hamster wheel. I'm just going in circles, which is okay. I, I have a feeling they wouldn't say that about a man who talks a lot. The hamster wheel part. Well, let's talks. give Bill a chance for a few episodes to see what they say. Bill? Okay, and by the way, by the <laughs> way, by the way, if you really are of that persuasion that Bill does not get enough time, there's a, a chunk of future theaters, which I can find for you, but you can find them, in which Bill did it alone for almost 12 or 14 episodes. In 2012, around September 2012, it started and it ended in December 29th. When I came back, I crawled back on the show, sh- a shattered person. And um, so listen to Bill, you know? And listen to my interview with Story Musgrave. Bill? Yes, that was my interview with Story Musgrave. Um, and tell folks how you begged me to come back. You begged? Begging, begging. <laughs> <laughs> and also tell, uh, tell folks like Morgus on, on Belgab, tell him that you've been busy with these books and you've been asking me to do the guest for a stretch and take, take over mostly. You're coming back. And, you know. Well, I still, I still have three, one book to finish the editing on. Um, and then I'm going to have another one because that, when I put that up on, uh, that's kind of a mess, believe it or not. And I'm going to have to do a lot of uh, TLC on that manuscript. But, um, and then I'm working on another book. I mean, um, actually on, on two books right now to oh, try and sell them. Yeah. Uh, one is on Edison. Uh, it's Edison's last invention. It's the spirit phone and Joel Martin and I are doing that. And I'm, writing the sample chapter as we speak. And uh, the other one will be with Jim Sanders, and you could figure out what that is. And that's going to be a, a blo- And that is going to break open a lot of things. You think? Amazing things. Oh, amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope that it... I, I, I hope... That what it's going to do. I mean, I'm I'm not out to derail Hillary to. Clinton's campaign, but it will have a, it will be, if not a brick wall, then a very high speed bump. Well, be careful. Be really careful because uh, our friends on the far right seem to think that you know it can be a very dangerous thing if you kind of try to um, you know hurt a growing political campaign. And quite frankly, um, you know, I, I really actually seriously mean that. Be no, careful. I know, but yeah, and I you never be. listen to me you know, when I ask you, please don't do that book. Three times I've done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's done all three books. Yeah, of course, and they've all been successful. And there we're still go. here, but I was really scared at the time in different cases. Sometimes, um, you know, too much Art Bell. Sometimes you, I'm. Ter- I, I've been listening to bits of um, not only Art Bell but lots of other talk shows. Um, Olaf. Has some shows. He's got some networks. Yep. Just about everybody that we know anymore has shows, and so I listen to snippets as I can, and I get my own self scared in the middle of the night. I do, and um, you know, one of the books Bill did was with a mafia, a literally mafia, ma- a Jewish mafia guy, which was scary. Boy, very scary. Yeah, yeah. That's not good. From the old days. 
Ah, that's not good. From the old days. I try to stay away from messing with the mafia. It's just a yeah, model that's a I good, that, That's a good life, life, pro-life mm-hmm. tip. Yeah. yeah. Just stay away that's from the mafia. That's a life hack. All right. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Works yeah. For, it, so far, it's worked for me. I'm 37 years in. No problem. And you're working in the car business, so you know the mafia is there, right? Uh, I plead the fifth, Nancy Burns. Yes. Cannot answer that question one way or the other. So, yeah. So And so you're getting set for your Wednesday show. And I wanted to say um, a kind of a hello to the people that are on Dark Matter right before us. Have you um, have you been listening to other shows? We have. To, I have some catching up to do, but there's a new show that comes on right before us. And it is called, well, it's Chip uh-huh. Reichenthal, and his, it's called Under, Understanding the Fringe. Understanding the Fringe, okay? Chip Reichenthal, it's, it's a really cool name. Understanding the Fridge? Okay, that's cool. No, no. <laughs> I, I got that problem, and yeah, I understand it well. Wait, what? Yeah. Did I say? Did it sound like fridge? The first time you said it, yes. Second it time, it does. No. Yeah, Don't I'm trying. It. Okay, I'm trying to learn to <laughs> embrace the silence. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to try to jump in and fill the silence because then people think I'm interrupting. And I'm going to embrace the silence. So every time nobody speaks, I'm going to be one of those nobodies, not speaking. <laughs> well, I'll right. tell you this much: I have listened to podcast UFO and a couple of the other shows on the, on the network, and of course, there's a lot of great programming on both networks. So. Yes, stuff. there is. There really is. And so it's fun to, but, but I don't, okay, what happens to dark matter in between the shows? That's the, you know, do, uh, that's the part I don't understand. And I don't also understand if Keith will ever put up a schedule of reruns. I'm curious about that. I'm probably Well, he plays reruns when there's, road. you know, no live shows. Uh, but the network has a lot of good shows. Like Capricorn Radio is great. Uh, dark, dark City show is awesome. Dreamland's great. Uh, Late Night in the Midlands is a good show. Right, but you have um, to catch them live like this. Um, see, yes, when, which I have when, a hard time doing, so I catch usually a lot of podcasts. You know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Um, if if you want, I don't know. I go to Shoutcast now, and I go and I look up the person to get their reruns. But but if Keith, um, actually, I don't know what's going to happen because in the future um, there's going to be a paywall. You know, uh, if you want to hear an article, so Arnell, I heard. So yeah, I if heard. you want to hear. Right for for Art yep. Bell, right, uh, right, right. yeah, and so it's going to be I think five bucks. I got, I got my five bucks ready. By the way, I'm going to open two accounts just for the hell of it. Oh, uh, why don't you open two accounts and say um, one is um, a PSN um, uh, charity fund? You know, like you give it to a, a friendly PSN listener who can't afford it for that month. Um, that does not work for Art Bell. Mm, sure it does if you take out two eh, we'll see yeah you Just take saying. out two we'll think about and that. then somebody pays you the five dollars and you pay it forward well, well I can no, always I change the thinking, password the next month and no but I was just thinking if you want to if you want to take out two uh, spread the joy let somebody have your second one because you'd only have you know you, you Nancy do you want the account I would just give it to you if you want to use it no, no, I'll do the same. <laughs> I would say the same. All the hosts of all the It's hosts. only five bucks, people. I say everybody yeah. who's an Art Bell fan, pony up is five bucks. Just like everybody should pony up and get the waiting wife on Amazon. Ah, that's never going to happen. Hey, I got it. I've read most of it already. It's ah. a really good book. In fact, I was talking to Danny, who was uh, chatting with me a couple nights ago, and he was telling me, you know, Danny from Nolans. 
Yep, yeah, yep, on yep, board yeah, yep. And he was telling me that he got the book and he's read the whole thing already and he loves it. He's like, man, Nancy's such a great author. He was just going on and on, just, you know, just. Uh, are are about you serious or are you just making I'm, this? No, up? I'm dead serious. He was telling me how much he loved it. It's actually in chat. I'll show it to you later. I'll screen show it to you. Ah. Uh, but no, he was going on how much he loved the uh, the book and stuff. And then we started talking on Skype and he's, you know, going on and on about it again. He really liked the book. And then he was like, you know what? I'm a little mad, though, at you, Jackal. And I'm like, why? He said, Nancy had said that I was the first person that bought the book, and then it turned out that you were the first person that bought the book. Mm-hmm. Ah. And it's true. I was you know, technically the first person. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Who ponied up the five bucks. And I'm so disappointed in your fans, Nancy, because everybody should get that book. It's a well, really good book. But here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm working, as you know, on this concept of hyperzine. And yes, yes. What, what I'm going to do is um, when anybody who has purchased – Waiting Wife in PDF or in EPUB, you know, like Amazon Kindle thing. It's on Amazon. Um, anybody who's purchased those will get the Hyperzine version for free because I'm going to be updating. Um, my, yeah, well, I get it. Well, it's it's okay to say. Nancy, a version is a terrible thing to waste. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, so what I'm doing is I'm I'm doing this and because um, I'm going to be expanding part six a bit. Um, one of my children, I can put it in all, I have all my children. One of my children suggested that I just kind of just drop, I I mentioned that, you know, Dave comes back home, which I'm I'm really glad about. And then we get divorced. (laughs) And then, uh, so it's kind of like what happens. So I'm going to write a little more about that. That's cool. And so basically, um, yeah, and, and there was some, like, we got a little disrailed, we, derailed. We were talking about Danny. What were you saying about Danny? Danny you loves, loves your book. No, but loves you were saying the book. So, I think, uh, yeah, well, well, I so appreciate that. I can't tell you. Oh, because, no, remember, the end, the end yeah. of the story was that um, that he was a little mad because he thought he was the first person that bought the book. Okay, I and got And yeah, you, kinda, you mentioned you. it once on the air, like, yeah, I think Danny was, the, then you, when you checked and you're like, oh, no, wait, it says Angel Espino bought the book first. Uh-huh. Oopsie. Sorry, Danny. Yeah. Number two. Well, you know, so it's taken me a long time <laughs> to get the skills to be able to make this hyperzine thing. And the point of it is, um, I'll, you know, there'll be a hyperzine that everybody can just download for free to see what it's all about. And then anybody that that has uh, already gotten Waiting Wife will get it for free. But in the future, you'll probably want to buy Waiting Wife, the hyperzine, because you'll see why coming up. You'll see why. Oh, I'll tell you why, since you've read the book. Um People Parts of the book. Will, Most of the book. Peep, Go ahead. Peep, well, as you know. Lots of the book, yes. This is still going on. People still are saying goodbye to their husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, children uh, for one solid year or longer right. in some right. cases. I don't know what the what the uh, the routine is this year. Well, the multiple, de- well, the multiple the, the, deployments, yeah. people are away for three and four years. So, wow, that's horrible. It, By the way, we got, a, uh, we got a tweet. On the the Twitter thing I'm gonna here, um, a pro I'm gonna butcher this name, a propos diatribi. That's a, the Twitter name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they wants to know. Uh, it says at Jackal at Nancy Burns. Guys, is it in your contracts to brown nose the CRAP out of Art Bell's end or what? Enough, we get it. No, it's not in our contract, but I love Art Bell. I'm gonna do it anyway. Well, he's the man. Thank here's the much. thing. Here's the thing, guys. Um, Dark Matter Network, Dark Matter Digital Network, the, the network we're, we're broadcasting on right now, um, is only in existence so that Art Bell has a network, period. And so if the network that 
has a person as their titular head. You know what titular means, right? Titular. Titular means like nothing to sure. do with nothing to yeah. do with breasts, but you know, titular means titled, basically. Mm, titular. Uh, titular. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> we'd be fools not to not to be excited about this, and that, and I do love the uh, f- the little flick that uh, we've linked up. Um, and the thing is, I guess, yeah, you can call it brown nosing. And you know, I want to point out to the whole wide world, the whole wide world is very anal oriented these days. Period. Everything has to do with excrement and crap. Whoa, whoa, Nancy it does. Burns. People, I don't that's know about what, that. Listen to what the guy just said. Reread the tweet. It's very yeah, excrementy. Yeah, but he's he's an idiot. You know. I don't yeah, but he serious. could have said it a million. That's what I'm saying. It's a when you're reading uh, when you're reading stuff online. You know, I've never seen goatsy. I'm happy to to say, um, but the world. Well, the, you know. Really, the, Nancy, we do live in a very negative society where it's hard to be positive and be joyful about nah, stuff that nah, we like. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not talking no, about No, that's negative. true. That's true. There's always a negative. There's always there's always a negative Nancy. No pun intended. On mm-hmm. everything that comes out, whether it's our bill returning, whether it's a movie coming out, whether it's a toy line returning, whether it's a car that comes out, there's always going to be somebody who says, "Oh, that stinks," and I got a problem. Or you're just kissing butt. Or there's always going to be that person on the internet. Right, just, right, right. But if you, that's but what if the internet it, does. It breeds those people. They come it, out really and spew it really does. It really does. It makes public right. thoughts that are best left private. Yeah, but if you bring it up, then it's then it's okay for me to point out that its content mentions the word brown two times, and that only means one thing. Oh, and I only mentioned it once, actually. But no, read it again. No, he said brown once, Nancy. He says, "Is it in your contracts to brown nose the CRAP out of Art Bell's end or what?" Enough See, end, C-R-A-P, yeah, but and brown. The word brown came out only once. That's what I'm saying. Okay, you're right. You're right. All right, you're thank right. you very much. You're right. Thank you. Thank you very right. much. Right, and that's right. what Applause. I like. Okay, that's what I like about the UFO field. I do like the arguing down to the, down to the tiniest tack, and and uh, hairpin, you know, down to the last bolt and nut. I do like that, and that's what Olaf likes as well. Our guest tonight, because he and I agree on one thing, and that is all the great stuff that people have already added to the UFO field, as early as the 1930s, basically. Yep. Uh, certainly the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. That's a lot of history. What do we, what do we call now? The teens? The 2000 mm-hmm. teens? Yeah, we're the 2000 teens. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the rocking 20s are coming just back. 2000 and 2009. Some people and like to say aughts, yeah. Aughts, yeah. yeah. And, and now we're in the teens. And then, gee, in the just five years, we'll be in the 20s. The rocking 20s. All of I. Yeah. Then the rowdy 30s and the 40s and the 50s will return. I'll be so nostalgic. I'll be like 100 and something by then. It'll be great. Uh, by the way, Lou Sheehan, our good friend Lou, on I the Twitter him. tweet thing, uh just said also, uh, yeah, and this is going back to um, the repeats thing earlier, Nancy. Uh, he says, yeah, but Keith really should list times of repeats and who is on the shows, as according to the guests who's on it's the shows. It's hard work. It's really hard that work. That is a lot I'm, of work, yeah. I'm... Yeah, I'm loath to add more work to Keith's pile of to Keith's pile of work. And and speaking of brown nosing, uh, <laughs> many 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 radio stations are signing up without Art Bell even being on the air. I, I, I'm proud of what's happening here. I'm really proud of it, and I'm excited. It's a about movement, it Nancy. It's a movement. I love that it, stuff. 
And I you know what it is, a, though? Yeah, yeah. A lot of the folks like Lou here and a lot of people on the internet don't understand how much work goes into building a network, facilitating yes. the network, putting stuff out there. Keith has his hands full right now. Yeah, let's add more work to his stuff. Well, let's that's how I feel about but, it. I want these guys, the schedule. <laughs> yeah, well, these guys are really creating a movement, and Art Bell is, I'm telling you, this is going to be huge. When July 20th comes around, it's going to be a different game altogether. I mean, Art Bell is a game changer. Well, you will see what, this is a backdoor syndication is basically what's going on. Instead of the syndicator going out and selling the, uh, the, uh, the wannabe affiliates, for, for that particular show are the ones that are doing the contacting. So, so it's very exciting. Um, but it's, I mean, it's moving along quite rapidly at, to the point where, you know, I, I really don't know how Keith's going to be able to keep up with it all because, you know, in any event. But he's a pro I, yeah, Nancy. So, he's been doing so, this for years. He's, he knows what he's doing. Well, yes. But remember, don't forget, you know, everybody's um, nerves can get easily frazzled. That's why I say, ho- I say happy birthday to Lasha. Uh, today is her birthday. Um, the Skype panel told me so. And <laughs> That's how I remember now when everybody's birthday hits. Is, I you know, know. Skype or Facebook tells me. It's so great. Yeah. I don't miss anybody's birthday. Everybody's like, can't believe you care so much. You remember my birthday. And I'm like, no, Skype told me. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Me? And, no idea. And, I would have not known at all. And also, or if you cared, to, really. Right. And another way to, to brown those is you go to artbell.com. And you can uh, you can kind of look at the uh, countdown clock if you have nothing better to do. I was doing that earlier today. Um, um, you know, basically uh, looking at the time, then I I could watch how long. Like right now, we have uh, one hour thirty one minutes and eight seven six seconds left of our show because when we go off the air tonight, it will then be Bing forty one days. And that's very brown nosy, but it's a lot of fun. If there's a countdown clock, why not use it? It's kind of fun, I think. But you know, you know, we'll they talk can about call something me brown, else. They can say I'm brown nosing all they want. I don't care. Uh, when that day comes that I get to say, guys, stick around. Our bills next. You know. Call me Brown well, Nose. I, I don't care. Of, I, I kind of honestly never, ever want to talk to Art Bell in person if you want to know the truth. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm dying to meet him in person. Not me. I did not Have call. a sit down and just pick no. his brain. I was no. going to call yesterday when he had the not thing me. on the lines. I was going to call. Uh, I had to actually step out of the house for about two or three hours with my mother and some stuff that was going on here. So I did not get to call. And I was, like, kicking myself. I was like, why today of all days does she have to come oh. up with this? But oh. it's my mother, so I had to take her. And... You know, it is what it is, and I missed it. Yeah. But I hope, hopefully he does it again. I know he's going to be doing a lot more testing and stuff, which is yeah. really cool. Who else would do something like that and allow people to well, call in and chat with him for a couple minutes? I mean, the guy is great. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but I want to keep it. I want to keep it. I want to keep the pristine relationship of Art Bell is only in my ears um, as this kind of stranger who knows exactly. <laughs> you want that illusion on. to continue. I do. I really do. I think I would have a <laughs> heck of a time uh, becoming friends with him because – I don't know. I kind of like the spooky, the spooky nature of it. Just you know, and if he's just a regular guy, you know, scratching his scratching behind his ear or something, it's like, eh, you know, maybe I don't want that. So, and uh, and on that note, eh. we yeah. will take our break now. So, folks should stay tuned for these messages on the Dark Matter Digital Network. We are Future Theater Live on PSN Radio. Your hosts, Bill and Nancy Burns, will be back after these messages with our guest. Ola Phillips. So, see you on the other side.
team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes. You know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. We cover everything from the known to the unknown, the normal to the paranormal, archaeologists to psychologists, and even UFOs. We tell what's coming, what's going, the government lies to the government thrives. We're late night in the Midlands, and we cover everything every Sunday night at 12 a.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio, 
I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth orientated discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, and capricornmembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic, truth is truth. Future Theater could be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me and Nan. are back with our guest Olaf Phillips and we are excited to talk about Steam Shovel Press and all the things that Olaf is doing and thanks for staying with us everybody and for um, listening to the messages and Olaf thanks for joining us Hey it's always an honor to come on to the show Thank you Olaf Thank you Olaf well, I, I I love talking to you guys so anytime anywhere <laughs> Well I yeah, that's I was uh, when Nancy told me that you would uh, that you purchased Steam Shovel Press, I was like really impressed. I, I have to tell you, um, what are your plans for it? What are you going to do? I mean, first tell folks what Steam Shovel Press is, why you bought it, and what you're going to do with it. Sure. So Steam Shovel Press is a it was a uh, parapolitical zine. Uh, well, it is a parapolitical zine uh, dating back to the to the early nineties. Um, it. It is a fascinating um, zine uh, with some amazing interviews. Robert Anton Wilson, <laughs> uh, Ginsburg is in it. You know, wow. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, Timothy Leary was interviewed. I mean, they're fascinating people. Also, uh, a kind of uh, unofficial journal for uh, JFK research. Um, right, some amazing right. articles about the JFK assassination in there. Um, right. In Amazing articles by John Keel, Jim Keith. I mean, it's a who's who of about 1990 to the year 2000. It is and a so, real. It is a real snap. It is a real snapshot in time. I, I have to is. say, it's one of the impressive things about it. And what it are is. the years? The, what are the years again? That uh, I think it, it started in 91, and it's still okay. published today. And now. What? How are you gonna? How are you gonna publish it? Are you gonna just keep on going, or you do you change his mind? Uh, you know, I want to try to keep it as true to the parapolitical nature as uh, when Ken Thomas started it. You know, it was started by Ken Thomas, yeah. who's an amazing researcher, um, an amazing, amazing writer, author. Um, you know, I think I think he got it right. I think that the the tone and the manner and the direction of the magazine are just fine. Um, <clears throat> my my main thing is that I just wanted to make sure that it would keep going. And you know, Ken Ken wanted to focus more on his writing and his research. I, I understand that. You know that 
that's happened to me too. You know, there are times when I want to do that too. And, and so, you know, we, we worked out an agreement where he can, he can always write and he's very involved and, you know, and, and I can make sure that it gets published. Well, how did you come to find out that he was thinking about changing his role? Um, you know, I was chit-chatting with him about when the next issue would come out because I was hoping, I was hoping and praying he let me put another article in because <laughs> right, I'm a writer. Right, right. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, I don't think I'm going to do it. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I want to retire." I'm like, "No, no," because you know, a lot of these magazines that and, and zines that existed have disappeared. You know. That, that a lot of, I mean, UFO Magazine is a, is a great example. You know, that magazine was in production for how many decades? And now, right. you know, right. due to things beyond your control, it's no longer available. Well, and what I, you year, know, I what year you, was this conversation that, that you had with uh, Ken? When did this happen? This year. This year? Oh, ah, yeah, really? A couple months ago. Yeah, a couple months ah. ago. Ah, so, oh, so are you okay? So, but then let me compliment you on how beautiful the website looks and how <laughs> it looks as though you've been doing it your whole life, and that, and it's all free. Everything you're describing, everything is free. Yes, everything is and, free. And, and, and yeah, that. So uh, the website is beautiful because of uh, Rob Davenport over at Con- the Conspiracy Channel, uh, Smoky Man Studios. Rob's a friend and. You know, he loves Steam Shovel Press, too. And I said, look, Rob, you know, I can do the back-end stuff, but I'm never going to make it look as beautiful as you can. And he said, you know what, for Steam Shovel Press, we're going to make it happen. So Rob and I worked uh, really hard, and uh, we converted all the graphics to vector so we can do T-shirts, stickers, whatever people want. But, you know, he and I worked really hard at it uh, to get it to look really beautiful. And he did an amazing job. And, 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 and I'm um, sure Ken is laughing at this conversation. He'll he'll listen and he'll say, "Beautiful! Look at those covers. You cannot replicate those covers in digital. I can't. <laughs> I, can't the best. I can't replicate them. I can, yeah. I cannot replicate his his work. I hope the next issue we're, I'm working on putting out. Um, I hope that he's satisfied. <laughs> well, how are but you? I, you know, I love having him, I love having him involved. It's fantastic. Well, who's doing the editing? Uh. I haven't, you know, um, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> ah, I hope that wasn't the reason for the call. <laughs> because, no, no, no. Because I'm totally I'll, retired I'll be, here. I know because what you've got is to one of the things that Steam Shovel Press was able to do was really gather this this quality group of very knowledgeable political conspiracy folks. That was one of oh, yeah. the hallmarks of that. Well, let's and, talk about those folks and and where are they now? Uh, how many of them have come have come along with you? Uh, most most of the ones that that I've I've had discussions with, um, uh, A.K. Wilkes, um, he's going to be putting stuff in. Um, you know, I've, I've had discussions with. Obviously, Ken's going to continue to write. Um, I'm I'm gonna write for what that's worth, <laughs> but you know I mean I have a I have a, a, a tremendous number of people that that are interested. Uh, Adam Go Rightly, he's interested in putting stuff into it. Right. Oh, good you for know. Adam. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's as and it he, should be because uh, yeah, you yeah. know it it come it's all started kind of with Robert Anton Wilson, didn't it? Basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and and I you know I I I'm so happy that that uh <clears throat> that you know I I got Adam to to do it because he um you know I think that 
the magazine zine, whatever, you know, it has to have that, that, um, etheric, um, edge that, Right, and, and Greg uh, Greg Bishop uh, is another Greg Bishop is another oh, really sure. great. Um, there's a I fellow. I haven't talked to him yet. Yeah, he he's he's fabulous. Uh, there's oh, he's a lot wonderful. Of I, he's yeah. fantastic. In I fact, listen to Radio Mysterioso. Yes, it's a great show. Um, it is. It's been around a long, long, long time, and uh, Red Ice Radio is another. But um, that sure. that brings up to the my first question, and um, I'm one of. I'm going to relate this to this to to the article in in the current issue that you wrote about publish and perish. Um, right. Okay, so we'll go back to that. Sure. But but this question has to do with you know you've been in the UFO field now. How long would you say? Uh, researching or writing? Both. Both. Um, you know, I probably I probably started researching it when I was maybe eighteen. So. 20, 20 years. I've probably been writing for five. Yeah, more like yeah. Five. I thought it was more like ten. Yeah, but but okay. <laughs> okay, I don't but, I don't keep track. Well, I just write the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wonder what your thoughts are on the changes, if any, between the kind of research and the kind of people who were uh, interested in the topics when um, Steam Shovel Press started. Remember. Sure. Um, it's been, I mean, uh, one of the things that started everything was the Kennedy assassination that basically created, right. uh, it, it's the very first thing I get, well, it, it's, but it's the biggest thing that, that really kind of got people saying, wait a second, you know, or things well, you not know, what you know what see. it is. Yeah, you know what it is, is that when, you know, when people ask me about that, I always say that, you know, the Kennedy assassination, the, the day the day that Kennedy was assassinated, everybody cried. Right, and the, the day after Kennedy was assassinated, everybody, including my own parents, said, "Okay, who killed him?" And I think that that's. I think well, that, not, that well, it was no, the day. Well, no, 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 but no, Olaf, really. In well, I think it's of, the day that that, it, that that we kind of lost our innocence and said, "You know what? There's something going on." No, but we told every uh, everybody around me, and I was uh, I was in an. I'm not going to go into where I was because that is not the point. Um, but everybody that I know of that experienced this always thought that um, Oswald did it. He was shot later by Ruby. How ironic that the TV was there to see it all. And there you go. There was never oh, among no. the, the people ordinary I know people. never trusted it. Oh, well, no, no, no. The, well, it was it a different wasn't... experience thing because my, my, mom, my mom was a, you know, she was a, an activist and, and things at the time, but she no, she told me that she never thought. Well, that, what city? That what city did on. your mom live in? Chicago. Chicago, okay. Because I lived in a small town, and I can only say that pff, not in a million years did anybody think anything else happened. I'm talking because about if you no, because if you lived in Chicago and were aware of the influence of the Chicago mob, and of course right. Sam Giancana was. So yeah, Sam Giancana yeah. was in the Chicago mob. But that's and, where and the you, dead votes were. They brought Kennedy into office, right, right? Exactly. So if you're from that area, you smell something rotten. I mean, and right. that's what we did. I mean, we smelled something rotten. We figured <clears throat> my first thought, which turned out to be partly true, was that LBJ was involved. He was a sure. conniving. I mean, <laughs> but for... On the other hand, but for the Vietnam War, 
when you consider what LBJ did in office, I mean, Kennedy was not that great a president. I mean, I, I have to, you know, he was inspirational and everything else, but he just, as a He was a, a great speaker. But yes, but president yes. qua president, right. he wasn't all that great. And um, he, he did push for a national mental health program. He did initiate a major well, push on the space program, but he just you know made a lot is? of mistakes. What? You know what it is, is I think that, that is, you know, if, if I'm hearing what you said, is that the area where you were was more rural maybe or just smaller. I think the people who came or lived in larger population centers, and I think that, you know, this, this is broken down now, but back then, um, I think that people who lived in larger population centers were more used to graft and corruption. But, you know, in Chicago, I mean, this, the, the, it was called the machine. I mean, they all knew how it how things worked. They knew who who owned what and who owned which sections and, you know, the dailies and how all that worked. So it wasn't a huge logical jump to say, well, you know what, Kennedy was assassinated. But you see, this is the conversation that I want to keep having. This is why I got steam shovel pressed, is that these these debates and these conversations, they need a medium. Right. Yeah, people I mean, need to write the, about this stuff. I mean, one of the fascinating things um, – I was on the old Kevin Nealon talk show a few times, and they would um, tape the episodes one after the other. So you might have one day of taping something like four shows. So the show after me, the show after the one that I was on with, um, I forget who the guests were, but Harlan Ellison. Well, Uh, Harlan Ellison was the first show. Oh, wow. The first show that I was on. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, he was the best. Yeah, uh, and yeah, also, uh, also uh, uh, Sean Morton. So imagine Harlan no, no, no. Ellison and Sean no, no. Morton wow. facing no, off. Guys, no, it wasn't Sean Morton. It was Glenn Beck. No, it was Sean Morton. Glenn, Glenn Beck was Beck. there one of the times. Yes, Glenn Beck was there one of the times. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Alex Jones, not Glenn Alex Beck. Jones. Alex Jones. Right. He was, was just starting out, and he was very, you know, his voice is very grating, and he's a lot of fun to talk to in person because he's really animated, right? Yeah, right. And, very animated. and Len yep. Horowitz was the other. I, I, the thing of Len Horowitz um, has a lot of wild theories, wonderfully wild theories about pharmaceutical stuff. He's a very interesting character, but he brings his books, very thick, wonderful books. He brings his books wrapped in plastic so you can't thumb through them. If you want to look through it, you have to buy it. So in the green room, et cetera, among friends, he just shows you his book, and it makes you wonder, you know? Ah, You know. See, that's that's the thing. Like, when... When I put up the new website for Steam Shovel, right, one of the – you asked me what, what's going to change. And, you know, as far as tone and manner, I don't want anything to change. I, I think that Ken, Ken Thomas got it exactly right. Well, and, that's, and I that, think it that's shows, my question. Do you, think the, do you think the same culture is out there that would even embrace the same I think, type of – I think yeah. that a, a lot of the things that were originally discussed in there I think are coming around again. That a lot of the things that say Jim Key talked about with black helicopters over America, or yeah, know, I want to the, ask you uh, about Jim Keith. Um, he's right. in your article, yeah. So yeah, exactly. You're right. It might be. You might be right. Stuff might be. Well, Angel was saying earlier, uh, Art Bell's coming back. X Files yep. are coming back. Star Wars. It's interesting. Right, I think year of nostalgia. Yeah, we're yeah, ready. Yeah, and for- but also this, you know, I think that it, it's not just nostalgia. I think that 
that the things that we're talking about, there was a period of time when <clears throat> ufology, it went from like the contactee movement and that kind of stuff, but there was a period of time, like when Ke Jim Keith was writing, where it started to, to drift toward, well, maybe they're not aliens, right? And then, you know, then right. it, and we went through the whole thing with the UFO cover of Live and 89 and all this other stuff. And it's like in the 90s, they were questioning everything. They were saying, well, maybe they're not aliens. And then that disappeared again. And then they became aliens again. Then we started to see, you know, more and more abduction research and stuff. I think we're coming full circle and people are coming back to it and saying, well, maybe they're not aliens again. You know, or maybe there are black helicopters flying over. I mean, I was looking through <clears throat> because it's, it's long been a, you know, been a fascination of mine. Jim Keith's work, I just, I love it. And I was, I was studying through You have to one tell us his... what, it, what, about it. Like, what, tell, um, I, I will Google him introduce, after the show. Yes, introduce tell us, him for us. Tell us about him. Tell, about who? Yeah, about Jim Keith. Jim Keith. Well, he, you know, he, he had, I mean, he had a wild, uh, he had a wild difference in, in the things that he would write. You know, one minute he'd be writing about like alternative three. I mean, I, I share a lot of his interests. You know, he okay. he wrote the first book I ever read on alternative three. Um, but and, and, you know, and black... again, tell folks about that. That's an amazing story. Oh, alternative three. Yes. I don't have enough time. <laughs> it's basically you have an it's hour. a mockumentary. <laughs> it's a mockumentary from 1977. Uh, that basically purports to uh, to give you the blueprint for the end of the world and how the the elites are going to deal with it. That's probably that's the ten second summation of Alternative Three. And, okay, and he, or, you know or, he was all over it. And how did it become a conspiracy? Was it a particularly well put together TV show? It was no, it's horrible. Uh, well, it's funny. <laughs> it's it's very D, D movie ish, um, but you know it was shocking and and people were shocked by it. And it, it's kind of it's very um, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the guy, the guy who was the presenter of it was an actual presenter. Um, he quit okay. being presenter so that he could be an actor in the show. You know, and and a lot of the ideas I think were palatable. And what's well, did weird anybody is that now, disappear? Did anybody disappear from the earth kind of after the show to give any credence to the whole plan? Well, I mean. Well, I mean, the, the disappearances is, is ongoing. I mean, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people have disappeared. Um, I mean, no, I, I always enjoy. No, I'm I'm dead serious too. I mean, just read David Pauly's. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, but okay, so what what I will say, what I will say is that a lot of the people that were involved in the production, uh, they went on to be very well taken care of. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. So, yeah, so, like, the guy who wrote it, um, he went on to write a number of, uh, his name is Casey at the moment, but he he went on to write a number of of uh, well-received books. Um, uh, David Ambrose, the, the guy oh, who filmed it. Right. Oh, Yeah, the guy okay. who filmed it turned out to be a very famous director, um, Christopher Miles. Uh, the guy who did the soundtrack was a guy named Brian Eno. It was basically one of the first soundtracks oh, wow. that he ever did. Uh, yeah, and, and, that, yeah Brian, okay, that's a perfect article for you. 
<laughs> well, you're talking about Leslie Watkins. So Leslie Watkins was contracted to write to write it, to write Alternative 3 as a book. And he said, he got the notes from Christopher, not Christopher Nelson, David Ambrose, and he wrote it. And he wrote it as though, he, he said, I wrote it as it was real. Um, and he said that after he wrote it, that the the response that he got was insane, that, that he got so many people coming back to him saying, you hit the nail on the head, how did you know about this, et cetera, et cetera. And he was actually going to write a follow-up um, book for it, basically saying that Alternative 3 is absolutely real. And he was moving to Australia, I believe, and he said that somebody broke into his container and stole all the research. It's, mm-hmm. in, the back, it's in the back of my book. He writes the letter about it, and he... And he he uh, he says somebody stole all the research for his book, and then um, and threatened him, I think, and then he dropped it, and he's disappeared. You basically cannot find him. Okay, and you, what you year did what year did uh, what year did the book come out, and what year did the TV show appear? Sixty three. The TV show was set, no seventy seven. The TV show was seventy seventy seven. And the uh, the book I think was like seventy eight or seventy nine. Okay. Um, so yeah, book? but but Watkins Watkins vanished. He can he completely vanished. But it was never meant to be real. It was never. It's not like the um, the the Roswell slides or the Santilli film. It was always no. meant to be an entertainment, like War of the Worlds, right? Yes, but but yeah. what it was is that it was entertainment, like War of the Worlds. But it was based on on reality. That Why would be do you my argument to you. Why do you say that? Because if you if you look at every element of Alternative Three, mm-hmm. that it, in some form or another it's come to pass. Ah, right. It, I thought it was a really argue. bad movie, but so, yeah. So, so re- <laughs> refresh us on what has come yeah, to pass. I'll, yeah. Yes. Okay. So to, not to get too specific, but you take like Alternative One for example, right? Well, okay, so in the film, they talk about this mysterious meeting, a uh, government meeting that takes place in, like, I want to say it's 57 or 58, right? Okay. And, and it was, and they, they, they say that in that meeting, they realized that we were screwed. Yeah. And, and out of that, and there's, uh, Valentine says that they made a series of decisions after that meeting about how to deal with it, and those those decisions became the three alternatives. Ah. Well, in 57, there was a meeting of the American Chemical Society. Okay. And at that, at that meeting, there was a guy, and I forget his name offhand. I didn't prepare to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. <laughs> but there, there was a guy um, who was an oceanographer and a marine biologist, and he had just completed doing a massive study of phytoplankton. And in '57, I believe he did this. He did the study in '57. In '57, he said that that he that the Earth could no longer the phytoplankton on the Earth could no longer support the uh, the amount of carbon dioxide in the air. Now that mm-hmm. that's carbon dioxide in the air. However, you think it gets there. In fact, I had this argument with a friend of mine earlier today. I said because he he doesn't he doesn't believe it's man-made. I said I don't care. Man-made, right, right, right. you know, but, but if they man-made, nature-made, facts, doesn't matter. 
But if they had those facts you, and figures in 57, they went ahead right. with the whole let's build a million billion cars and get rid of all the get rid of all the um, not subways, all the tramways, all the buses. See, you, can't, you can't stop. You see, you, you have a, a real bad problem, right? Because this guy he said basically that no matter what you do, it's it's out of it's. We right. we crossed the Rubicon. So the so he, three the three alternatives all are based on the the scenario that it's too late. They so can now, fix it. right, and so well, it's, two of them. One of them is based on we can fix it, and two of them are based on it's too late. So okay, so one, one one is the fix it run one, right? Oh yeah. So so the first one, alternative one, as asinine as it sounds, was to detonate a nuclear weapon at high altitude. He tried to vent the carbon dioxide in the space. Okay, yeah, I'd heard of that. And I'd also heard there was another one to to detonate nuclear uh, weapons to shape the uh, this sea the the shoreline. Yeah, that's plowshares. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So what they did in plowshares, in plowshares, they they had all these nuclear weapons laying around, and so the weapons designers (laughs) were like, you know what, we can do we can do some awesome stuff with this. So they the first test, I believe, was in Alaska. Wow. And they they were going to make a beautiful deep water harbor that all these you know crew tankers could come in what and out of. What could go wrong? Right. So the crew because the crew tankers when you fill them up, I mean they ride really low. Yeah. Right. Right. And so they set off this nuclear device and they they made a perfect a perfect half moon, perfect deep water harbor. But you can't live there for ten thousand years. <laughs> so after that, they figured out it wasn't such a bright idea. Well, Argus Argus is interesting. Because Argus had two objectives. One on one was the the whole alternative three thing, and then there was a secondary one, which was to test this thing called the Christophilos effect. And the Christo- this guy Christophilos, he he was a professor. He believed that if you set off a large uh, nuclear weapon at extremely high altitude, that you could create an artificial Van Allen radiation belt, which should mm-hmm. deflect right. solar radiation, or you can use it to do other things. That actually worked, but um, they set up the venting into space thing didn't work. But they set this whole thing up in six months. Normally, that kind of a nuclear test took up to two years. But this, they got a whole fleet and everything within six months. And, and this is still, they, we're still in alternative one, right? Yeah, this is just alternative one. And so they fire it, and they do the whole thing. And and I, I think it was time. When it kind of finally got declassified in 1985, time, right. I believe it was time, said that it was probably one of the most significant tests ever carried out in the Cold War, and it stayed classified for, for over 30 years, wow. 20 years, whatever. So then there's a thing called Alternative 1. I call it Alternative 1.5, right? And okay. this is the notion that they fired the nuclear weapon and it failed, and so they figured they had to do something else. Because around the same time, you start to see filing patent filings for aerospace companies like Hughes Aircraft or Lockheed or, you know, Martin Murrieta, Grumman, you know, et cetera, right. Boeing, where they're they're filing patents to do geoengineering, basically cloud seeding, but it's not like cloud seeding like what they did in Vietnam, where they would they would dunk, do the cloud seeding to get it to to monsoon on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. This is different. This is a different kind, where they were basically putting hot, reflective particulate matter into the upper atmosphere to change the reflectivity of the, the albedo of the Earth, and right, and this right. created something called the global dimming. It, which, it called, which, it's it, called what? Global dimming. Global dimming. Global so, dimming. 
And and yeah, wait, so, are we talking about contrails? Yeah. So so it's it's dumped in the upper atmosphere. Well, there are a bunch of ways, but I would argue that it's chemtrails. Chemtrails, and that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and so what happened was is that after 9-11, um, all the atmospheric scientists ran outside and said, oh, my God, we can do all these atmospheric tests, <laughs> and there's no airplanes. You know, when when has that ever happened, right? Right. So they all ran outside, and they, they figured out that the ambient uh, light, uh, the ambient brightness of the surface of the Earth increased, like, 1%. And the the temperature at the surface of the Earth increased like by like two degrees in like seven days, <clears throat> which is really wow. Well, you know, yeah, it, I think it was like one or two degrees. And so they they wow. went back, yeah. So then there's alternative two, <laughs> which was to build under, underground bunkers and dumps, deep underground military bunkers, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. You know, that was considered a failure because you can't build enough of them. To save well, enough of the population. Well, but, right. but nonetheless, they did. Yeah, but they still built quite. They a, keep doing uh, it. Right. Yeah. Well, they oh, built yeah. a lot, but you're right. You sure. can't it's house the enough. entire population, right? No. And and in fact, they had. You know, we always talk about the seed vault, right, up in up in Norway. But there's actually like nine of them. There Thank are nine. So I think it's nine seed vaults across there. There was one in the I Philippines. Wonder, does, it without, does it go without? Does it go? Does it go without huh? saying that there would? Does it go without saying that there would be pot seeds in the seed vault, even though I'm they're sure. illegal? No, but I mean they're I'm, illegal. But it's it's well, they're illegal here. They're not illegal. They're everywhere. illegal. They're pretty much illegal everywhere except for the stuff you read about recently. There was a time a few years ago, only two or three years ago, when you uh-huh. could look on the internet and the entire globe it was illegal. The entire globe. Well, all the yeah, all but, the countries, but since when is yeah, but since when has that been a problem for these people? Not the point. I, I think the point it's is, probably well. No, I think a, there's probably it's probably in there. I don't I mean, know. I can't tell you for sure. I, well, the only this reason I bring it up. Government. Right, but if it's but if it is a government facility, and if they feel that that seed is um, valuable enough to put into this whole seed bank, like I've with never, everybody else, I, I've that's... never verified that it's a government facility. I know, but I know that it's I know that it's su- sponsored and subsidized, at least the one in Norway, the Nordic Sea Vault, by educational in- institutions and, and NGOs. But I wouldn't I wouldn't assume that it's government control. See, so, this, okay, so I think all, that I think parts of this are are beyond the government. But anyway, so right. alternative three. So alternative two, yeah, that basically also is a failure. Yes, and and so the end the end game is alternative three, which is you pack up the most important people in a bunch of slave labor and you leave town. And the reason that that alternative three is interesting is that in 1940, I want to say it was 1940 or 1941, FDR, uh, he commissioned he commissioned an anthropologist named Fields. Fields Museum, Fields Department Store, that guy. Well, mm-hmm. he, he commissioned this anthropologist. He gave him like $4 million in 1940. And they had like, I forget, like 60-something anthropologists, sociologists, mathematicians to come up with an analysis of how people would migrate in a situation where it was like a catastrophic, you know, uh, global conflict, right? And and they, they basically came down when all was said and done, the assumption was that it would go nuclear. And they said that the only the only thing to do with that would be go to, to go to Venus or to go to Mars. Well, and that's funny. And, and so what's so ironic 
is that in 1956, the United States Army, the Corps of Engineers, I believe, but I could be wrong, proposed establishing a permanent colony, a fortified colony on the moon. And this is 1956, 55-56. That's Project Horizon. Yeah, Horizon. Horizon. Right. And Lunex, the Air Force had one called Lunex. <laughs> Same thing. The, the Army one was different. It was more, they were more like bunkers. Lunex was more like buried buried cylinder, you know, fuel tanks and that. You know, the Air Force has more of this, like, recycle, reuse thing. The, the Army was more like, we built bunkers, that's what we do. And the, the uh, Russians that's had true. one as well. Right. Yeah, the Russians also had one. Right. Um, and, and, and so it's amazing to me that, because the whole point of doing that on the moon was, A, it was a colony, but B, right. it was the jump. It was the jumping off point for other planets because why have to worry about reaching escape velocity on planet Earth when right. it's right. much easier to escape the um, the orbit of the Moon? And that would be our jumping off point. Well, it's also a fantastic place to harvest helium three, but I think we're beyond. We're er, that was earlier than our understanding of helium three, but. You know, they, there's mass amounts apparently of helium three up there. What do we use so helium three for? Nuclear weapons. For fuel. Okay. Yeah, nuclear weapons, propulsion, uh, energy, nuclear reactors. It's a very efficient, uh, uh, fusible material, fissile material. But right. but right. no, I mean it makes perfect sense. And and the interesting thing is that is the whole dynamic. See, this is the kind of stuff that I want to put put in steam show. You know, this kind of parapolitical conversation. This is where it needs to happen, right? Right. This is and why I don't want ask, to change the conversation. Right, and then ask <laughs> yourself if you have two American military um, projects to colonize the moon, and you have the Russians, and by now you probably have the Chinese. The problem is that at some point for all the planning, all the money, all the many missions, all the manned missions, everything else, right. we've never gone back. And the question is, we? well, that's A, have we, but B, yeah. if we yeah. haven't, if we haven't, that's even more chilling than that we have and it's been in secret. Because if we haven't gone yeah, back, but we'd like we to know. We'd like to know which is it. We, the public. Well, I think. I think but I think we. I think we've gone back. I think we've gone back just in secret. I mean, I think there's there's plenty of evidence. I mean, even even the Apollo twenty stuff. If you want to have that conversation, you know. This, I there, actually there asked. Is, I did, and what's funny is that's a que- uh, That's a question that I asked um, Edgar Mitchell, and oh, he said Apollo twenty. About yeah, about Apollo twenty, about Apollo twenty. He said absolutely, it is bunk. He was ballistic when I brought up Apollo twenty. He said it never happened. It was the ISS. It had nothing, no, space lab or something. It had nothing to do. There wasn't any. Yes, there was a crew. Yes, the mission was booked. But yes, the mission was scrubbed. We never went back. And so I began to press him on why. We didn't go back. And his attitude was, we just ran out of money. It was a political issue, not a science issue. You see, I think that may be true for the public view of it. 
I mean, the public view is that we launched Skylab. Yeah, I don't buy that personally. Right. The, the public view, you take man, man space platforms, right? Right. And the public view is that the only thing that was ever really launched before before the ISS was there was like a couple mirrors. And most people think there was one mirror, but there were a couple mirrors and Skylab, right? Right. And, you know, and Skylab re-entered and we all got a huge fireworks show. What they don't talk about is like the Almaz. There were like three Almazes put into orbit. They were manned um, military battle platforms. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I would posit to you that, well, I would, I've heard that they had very, fairly exotic weaponry on them. Well, are outside they of tiny? What is now. Olive, are they tiny? No, little... those are Russian. No, no, oh, I mean, are they are tiny they little tiny? Sputnik things or are they big things? No. No, they were the size of a of a mirror. It was so basically were basic- a mirror with a cannon on it. Right. So it's armed space stations, probably with a laser right. or a particle beam well, weapon. Is the Space on, Wars on paper, the book about that? Space Wars on the paper, book. On paper, it had. On paper, it had a it had a cannon, and the, the first one I understand had a cannon. After that, I, I think they had they had lasers. Now that's Russian. The American version is called the Mole, the Manned Observation Laboratory. And you can go around in circles on, on whether they actually got that thing in the air or not. I would I would suggest to you that they did. Don't you think that's what called you, Bill, from Las Vegas? That was something – well, that could have been. That was something else. That was when we were in Las Vegas – uh, on the first episode of UFO Hunters, the one that never aired. There was a whole episode on UFO Hunters that never aired, basically. Okay. It was prevented from being aired. And that oh, was, yeah. Uh, that Wait, was, prevented? Yeah. That was, um, well, let's put it this way. They decided not to use that material in the first episode and instead... That was part that's of the right. Kelso that's right. That's what they decided. Then they decided to. They said, "Let's go back in history and do uh, the beginnings Kelso. of the space right. age." Yes, and it was so a we, bad decision. I remember bad, that. Yeah, it was really bad. But, but it wasn't. Did, but did no, they the ever air was, the? No, it never did. In fact, I don't time, even know. Time. I don't even know where that video is. But all I know is I saw that video. And it was the weirdest looking video I've ever seen. It was in the um, editing bay of the production company. And it was this almost like this crescent shaped, this sliver shaped object. It was very, very clear. It was in a spot in the sky where there was no satellite, no space station, no star, nothing. And that was weird. And uh, when I texted Nancy that we mm-hmm. found this thing, because the guy who brought it to our attention was this guy, uh, C- Commander X, Colonel X, who sure. was Commander X. Commander X, right? Commander X, yep. yeah. Yeah, I know. I know and so, well, I don't we know who he is, but I, I know of him. Oh, ben I know who. But is he the same one that the Greer people said yes. hands off? He's our president. There's, there's there's a couple of different Commander X's, by the way. So that's what I'm person. asking. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, this the, is I know the old school X. <laughs> no, but I know this is the guy. Having... 
fun with yeah, that. No, this is the guy. No, this is the no, this is the guy who, um, when we were running the cover in UFO magazine, we got this nasty letter from Stephen Greer's group telling us to get out of his investigation. Whatever. Yeah, Stephen that's what Greer. Said. That's what I said. You know, and, 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 anyway. you know, but you see, that's ufology, right? One of the one of the things that I want to do with Mysterious Magazine and, and Steam Shovel is to make a safe place where people can publish stuff. Because one of the things that, that happens in ufology, especially, I don't think it's so bad in conspiracy theory, but in but in ufology, <clears throat> I don't know if it's the perception of money or what, but everybody's after each other. You know, everybody's well, after time, each other. Every, and it's the, it's the it perception It doesn't need to be money. that way. It's money. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be that way. Well, the I, thing I, is, I, a I, lot I, of people I, in ufology are drawn into it that are really money-hungry, and that's a main issue. There's a lot of people that are in it just to make money. There's a lot of right, cult and, and stuff that goes on. No, there's a lot of cult yep. stuff that goes on in ufology as a well. A lot of cult stuff, of the yep. problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and that's part of the problem. Agree. But, but, you know, so that's, that's I mean, yeah, so that's that's alternative three in a nutshell. And, and you know, um, it, yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff I want to have. I mean, Steam Shovel always had a kind of UFO area, you know, so I want to continue to do that. I want to have the parapolitical stuff. And then I have Mysterious Magazine for UFOs and ancient civilizations and cryptozoology and that kind of thing. Well, how far well, back it? do you think the research in – I was talking earlier about going back as far back as the 30s because folks have sent me old 1930s magazines that were the oh, earliest sure. investigation. Yeah, so how far back well, do you think the steampunk folks did their research? They, they were re- referencing the 50s a lot, I know, right? Like May Russell. Steve in Steve Shovel? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, they they go all, they go back. It, it varies on the article. I mean, as far as as far as UFO research, I would say probably you know, one of the one of the fairly obvious ones is the the mysterious airships, right? Of the eighteen eighties, right, right, eighteen ninety. Right. That's probably one of the more. And Jacques Vallée, you know, I think, eventually, uh, yeah, we, we ran a lot of stories about those. But uh, some of the some of our best writers really go way way back. And I'm thinking oh, about yeah. yeah you know, we lost well, Colin did it in Deception. Say again? Valet did it in, in Deception, right? That in Deception, he, exactly. You know, yeah, that he argued that, you know, these, that a lot of these kind of forms that we deal with, trolls and these kinds of things, fairies and that, you know, they, they could have been the medieval mind trying to wrap their head around UFOs or... You know, UFOs are, are the modern mind trying to wrap their heads around fairies. Well, what, um, Olaf, you're young, a, you're a, that too. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a totally nuts and bolts guy, and there's plenty of conspiracies <laughs> for you to look at. But what do you think about this this wave of people, and I think there's more and more and more of them, saying, I'm channeling so-and-so. I'm channeling the spirit of, whoa. In your case. Anything like that. That's recycling from the 50s. There's right, a that, lot that of that right point. now. There is, and and the, and I think I'm still waiting. You know, myself. Um, I mean, that that smacks very much of the contactee era, and I right, think in right, a lot right. of ways that uf that ufology specifically is very cyclical. You know, <clears throat> that when you talk about like the conspiracy part of ufology, you know that that's very reminiscent of the 1980s. You know, it, when you talk about the kind of Maybe they're not aliens. That's very reminiscent of the '90s. 
Well, you know how you know, everybody... you're talking about like abductions, that's like the 2000s. And right, then you kind right. of go into this like contactee thing back that we got back in the 50s and it starts over again. It's very circular. I wonder. I, I wonder. See, I, I don't see cyclical, cyclical at all. I see a spiral, perhaps, or a screw. <laughs> well, you I know mean, how but a they've already done is. Yeah, but, 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 sure, it's, but... but it's not cyclical. In other words, Whitley Strieber invented a lot of the memes that we then, uh, you know, you'll see them re, re, regurgitated and stuff. And did did he, he? He, he? Of course. I would he argue to you, no, I would argue to you that he did not. The large-headed alien, you know, that's something that came out of the 50s. Well, no, the large-headed alien was not Whitley Strieber per se. It was the illustrator right. of the cover of Whitley Strieber's book. Whitley Strieber. Well, no, it was Betty and no, it was Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah, I mean, yep, they said, well, yeah, they said it first. Yeah, they were the before first Whitley ones. anyway. But remember, they, they from, some other remember, too. remember. Well, I mean, even Trek. even Star even Star Trek originally had beings that kind of resembled the the gray alien. Well, that was Betty. Yeah, that was. Yeah, right. that was at the menagerie, right? Uh, the right. Telosians, right. and mm -hmm. that was invented, and that was, in, and the Telosian was invented by Waming Chang, who was right. the first right. property right. But, director of Star Trek. But remember, also, Philippe Morrow has in a storage locker the original Greys that he created with Whitley's cooperation, right. and he shows those sometimes on video. You'll see them. Jeremy Vady might have some video of these alien heads that were right, the original. But but, but yes. the point the point is when I say Whitley <laughs> Strieber, it's the abduction, putting abduction, the whole communion. It's a true story. Was was a rocket ship? Just it was a missile that blew up yeah, publishing. But, but that, yeah, but that is not that's not where it came from. I mean, even back in the fifties, right? You had the contactees who would have a they had a very positive experience. Uh, you know, even yeah, but there's there a big difference there between were one at a time, uh, one yeah. at a time, one at a time. But there let me just say this is a, okay, one at a time. Go ahead. No. Anybody. Go. And go. No, actually, guess, okay, go the guest first. Go. go ahead. I'll go. And it's this. And it's this. It was Betty. It was the Betty and Barney Hill story in 1961 that basically galvanized the country about abductions. Because even though there was a contactee movement in the 1950s and you had Van Ta uh, George Van Tassel, um, you, had Howard, uh, you had Howard Menger, you had George Adamski. Right. Desmond Leslie. Sure. Yeah, you had a, a whole group. But there's a big difference between Adamski, who was basically an insurance salesman type of person, and Whitley Strieber, who is a a very accomplished horror writer. And so right. when he but tells his story, it pops off the it pops off of the consciousness as though this. But what I'm saying though is that's when it became gripped by the population as though it hadn't sure. happened to our parents. Let's say we didn't sit and hear our parents talk about Adamski, but Whitley Strieber just kind of hit, sort of like the exorcist hit. It's sort of like you, there had always been uh, devil worship and exorcisms and stuff, but the exorcist kind right. of put it in the, and Whitley did in that the, with with uh, communion. He really did. But in the, in the 50s and in the 60s, you know, people were gripped by what George Van Tassel was saying, Desmond Leslie, Howard Manger, you know, <clears throat> Adamski himself. And, and no, no, but you're way, asking why. was a short order cook. But, you know, the, I, I, you know, I think that it's cyclical. I think that, that the, the public's need for various memes is cyclical. Right, how they get that meme delivered to them, 
Oh, yeah. you know, we yeah. could, I, you know, uh, Whitley Struber is, is an amazing writer. I mean, War Day is one of my favorite books, right? But, you know, how the meme is delivered, right, is is not the, the public's need for the meme. The public has a need for the meme, and then the meme is fed. By the way, uh, example, not, to cut you, not to cut you off before you continue your thought, we have a caller on the air. Uh, 520, you're live on Feature Theater. Uh, you have something to ask, Olive? Olaf. Hi, everybody. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is Ben from Sourita, Arizona. Yeah, I hey, just ben. listened to your show. It's really good. Thanks. And uh, Chefist on <laughs> is my handle. But, um, you know, it, it brings up an interesting point. A- another thing that lends to it are all the kind of pseudo-documentaries from the 70s. Right. So, you know, well, when you watched, well, Chariots of the Gods, of course, was the first one, right? <clears throat> Based on the book, famous book. Yeah. But then there were many, many, many iterations of there. And then as a kid, well, I remember watching In Search Up, right? Yeah. Oh, sure, with Leonard Nimoy, right. Yep. That's right. So when you're, correct. It, it, absolutely they did. And then the made-for-TV movie about Betty and Barney. That was right. James Earl and, Jones. That was yes, James Earl Jones now, who licensed right. Barney and Betty's life story. Right. What's That's interesting right. about what's interesting about what you're saying is that Cherries of the Gods was the um was the first movie. Right? But then <clears throat> it was modified if I remember correctly, it was modified and edited into In Search of Ancient Astronauts with Rod Serling, which is the prototype for In Search of the T V show. In Search of Ancient Astronauts with Rod Serling, who my friend Mr. Lobo Freeplug did a great uh, cinema insomnia on. Um, he they re-edited it into In Search of Ancient Mysteries, and then eventually they used that groundwork, not re-editing it, they used the groundwork for the Outer Space Connection, which was shot in like 35 millimeter. It was made to be shown in movie theaters. That's all Alan Landsberg. Probably the most brilliant right. uh, <laughs> paranormal uh, producer, director, writer ever in the history of humanity. He mm. did In Search of, he did all those movies, but... Um, Overlords of the UFO, um, Bermuda Triangle, um, right? Uh, Berlitz's Bermuda Triangle, mm-hmm. Mysteries yep. from Beyond Earth, you know, UFOs that has begun. I mean, those are all amazing, and those were all 70s and 80s, and they do talk about abductions. In well, fact, was he doing those? Mysteries from Beyond shape? Earth. No, no, he wasn't. And in fact, mm-hmm. Mysteries from Beyond Earth, they talk about cattle mutilations back in the 70s about them dumping phosphorescent material on the cows. You don't get that theme again until the late 80s. Right. So these memes are around, yeah. as the caller pointed out. Yeah, you're Justice, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank Call, you. we have another question uh, for, uh, for our guest caller. <laughs> no, I just wanted ben. to, I'm going to get off and listen to the show. It's a great show. And, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot thank for you. having my call. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. I, I okay, love bye. those shows. I love those. Yeah, shows. me too. Yeah, because they really were. Uh, they were so. They were so chilling when they, they came. And, well, if it's, and if now, it's, what do you think is coming around now? Would you say if it's, what can we look forward to right now? Do you think? I'm hoping that that we ditch all this reality stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping that we ditch a lot of this reality stuff and go back to the sightings and we go back to in search of. I think that's what people really want. Hmm. Is, well, they loved it because it was more. Well, it was more entertaining. <clears throat> I mean, that was the whole point about those shows. But I would say, from where I am in this, and I am in this, that I think 
just possibly the uh, the next phase will be more like an expo not an expose but a revelation a visual revelation not an anecdotal revelation but a visual revelation of contact i mean the the, the, I, the oh, people I think you're probably right the the, uh, the people that i've been speaking with the orb people and people like that have been saying things like look i have a mental connection and so i basically over the past few days have thrown down the gauntlet i've really thrown down the challenge and i said if you're having some kind of contact where you say that you can summon these things fine prove it do it show yeah. me let's go to a spot <clears throat> let's go to a spot at night i will make sure there are cameras there and you show me that and it's not some light in the sky that could be a space station or something like that i don't want to see some light in the sky Yes, if it, something's doing hairpin turns, fine. But if you're saying you can summon something, summon it. I like to see I that. See. Well, <laughs> Olaf, I was um, on a, a forum that I'm on all the time called Belgab, which we've talked about. Uh, they've right. been talking a lot about an asteroid that is supposedly going to hit our planet it's got a 70 percent chance get here soon enough what do you mean <laughs> what, yeah. i don't think so and i don't ha and i just True. wondered if you had heard that something was due to hit us in september thereabouts uh not in september mm. but but in about two years there's a there's an asteroid called apophis and it's a, you know, it's it's a very bad thing. Um, if you watch, um, oh, uh, what's the the uh, the guy? He runs the Hayden. Um, oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, he did a on Aura TV. He did a very interesting talk about Apophis, uh -huh. and he has a very interesting uh, description of what would happen um, if Apophis hits the Earth. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, I mean, Apophis is the one that I think's probably got the best chance. Um, it's going to pass by us in 2017, I think. Um, there's a, a rather large uh, keyhole window that if it passes through, it will strike the Earth. It's like <laughs> a mathematical certainty. Wow. Is it, hey, is I it, don't think it's coming it, in September. They're not ready. They're, they're no. planning for something many more years from now. So I don't think September is the, the day. And I by think they, it's probably 2035. By, by they, you mean? The alternative yeah. three planners. Right. And, and I, wouldn't, I would argue to you that the alternative three planners are not necessarily bound by any government agency. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But the thing that fascinates me book. is – Well, but, <laughs> no, but look at this. We're a book look about it. Recent, well, look Wait, let's, recently, let's, let's discuss that. Let's, let's get that out there so folks can read it because I <laughs> – you're right. You're right. I would be raving about it, I know, if I read it. So let's, let's oh, name it. No, no, let's name it right now. I'm looking it up. What is it, Olaf? Secret, what is it called? The, the Secret Space Age. Okay. By Olaf Phillips. There you go. By Olaf Phillips. It's on Adventures tonight. Unlimited. I will, okay, great. See, it's on Adventures Unlimited Press. They did not send us a copy, and so I will get it tonight, and I will, I will enjoy it. I will have a I'm talk with him. I'm in a couple others. I will have a talk with him. 
the oh, um, he's awesome. <laughs> he published right. my little book. So. I know, I know. He was my guest on UFO Hunters a lot, and he's. We, we got him for Ancient Aliens uh, in the first season, and he's been on ever since. But the wow, it's a very expensive in Kindle. I, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm in the club. It's fifteen dollars and nine cents. Oh, it's even more expensive wow. than the Mickey Rooney book on Kindle. How'd you do that? <laughs> Olaf, that's a lot. Um, that's exp- You're laughing, but it really I have no control over it. I, know, I wow. just write it. <laughs> The, um, the, um, <laughs> yeah. no, further, further to, yeah. So folks buy this book. It's really exciting. But first, <laughs> what's well, the, I have it. You sent it to me. No, we do not. I love the cover. I would have, I would have opened this in a minute. This well, you is know a who did the cover. cover. Who? You know who? This, me. No. Oh my God. I did Olive, the cover. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I did the cover. Oh my goodness! This is memorable. I totally, I have never seen this book before. Um, I do, I do all my my own covers. Good. This is a beautiful job. Okay, what Thank does you. it consist of? By the way, the Secret Space Days. What's on the cover? What's what's um? What are we looking at? Well, We're looking at la- a lady astronaut, a lady cosmonaut. She's Russian. Russian. Yeah, cosmonaut. She's Russian. Yeah. Um, you you see the sh- the the short song, the the black sun, which is a which is a German occultish. Of stuff. course. Uh, you see uh, paperwork from Project Lunex. Um, oh. I thought I put Horizon on there too, but but the thing yeah. that looks like it's a declassified memo—that's Project Lunex. Nice. Um, my nice. family. I come from an Air Force family, so I had to put on the Air Force one. Yeah. <laughs> and and what what language is around the Black Sun are symbols? What language are they written in? Are they runes? Yeah, it's are runic. they? They're runic. It's runic. Do you know what it says? No, I don't. Oh, let's check it out. Let's get this book, Secret Space Age. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. <laughs> but, you know, there's First, a, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I do an analysis in there uh, about um, iconography on UFOs. Uh, like, if you look at, ah. um, I think it was, I forget who it was, but it, I think it was Otto Bender or something. But uh, in, in the 70s, they made a, they did an article in Sega Magazine. Saga, Sega. Saga. And it was talking yeah, about all the, yeah, it was talking about all the iconography it's seen on UFOs. And if you take the iconography and actually look it up, um, yeah. it actually corresponds to real things. So there's like a lightning bolt that corresponds to the British Union of Facts. Yeah, but Olaf, it could be the opposite. It could be the people who fake it or are taking it from real things. Well, they weren't supposedly fake, though. These were supposedly no, I'm just, real. Yeah, but just because it corresponds with real, that's not going to be enough. You know, you have to look at the provenance of where it comes from. You know, sure, yeah, sure. but yeah. But you know, I, I would I would suggest to you that if you look at if you look at icon iconography on UFOs, that a lot of times the iconography that's reported to you by whoever does it, I, a lot of it you can find terrestrial representations of. Right, right. So that, well, that was my argument. Yeah. So so You can tell me what you think. Okay, so you. <laughs> I think um, they're human. Well, well, two things. One, there's the iconography that Break. now I forget his name. Um, Jim Pennison saw. No, Break. Jim Pennison saw on the right. oval shaped from Jesse Marcel Jr. 
and Jesse Marcel Jr. on the artifacts yeah. from Roswell, mm-hmm. and that yeah. was verified. Okay, wait, by wait, wait. We have to break. We have to take Before a break. I should have warmed you up. I'm yes, sorry. No. Okay. <laughs> I even whispered. I was like, break. Was that what that was? Okay. That was me, yeah. Okay, oh, so that we'll was take, cool. Okay. Trying to cue you in a, in a silent manner. I thought it was like an alternate nothing. universe. Yes. Okay, so nothing. We, nothing. We will take a break and come back with our guest, Olaf Phillips. We are Bill and Nancy Burns on Future Theater Live with our guest, Olaf Phillips, on the Dark Matter Digital Network, Digital Network, <laughs> and PSN Radio. And we'll be back after these messages with Olaf Phillips. And his name is not Olive. This is Jeff Brady, host of In Other News, heard on Dark Matter Radio on Thursdays. In this strange period where free energy technology is weaponized, dissent is criminalized, and war economies flourish, the human family is being deliberately assaulted on multiple fronts in the food, air, water, and during sleep. Yet here we are with information at our fingertips, only to become a slave to the portable digital communication device. You know what you're really communicating. You're screaming to cell phone corporations, please put a chip in me. Past shows have looked at issues involving electromagnetic weapons, satellite stalking, RFID, orgone and organite, illegal fluoridated drinking water for infants, airport radiation scanners, secret societies, energy vampires, psychopathy, surveillance, sex trafficking, disaster capitalism. So tune in to In Other News Thursdays on the Dark Matter Radio Network, the pioneers of overnight talk radio. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. We cover everything from the known to the unknown, the normal to the paranormal, archaeologists to psychologists, and even UFOs. We tell what's coming 
What's going? The government lies to the government thrives. We're late night in the Midlands, and we cover everything. Every Sunday night at 12 a.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Back with our guest Olaf Phillips on Future Theater Live on the Dark Matter Digital Network and PSN Radio. So, uh, Olaf, you are now into doing a lot of visual and entertainment stuff as well. Yes, I, I do. I do do some. <laughs> um, I have a Roku channel uh, that's quite quite large at this point, and I've got a lot of the classic uh, <clears throat> the classic videos from the fifties, sixties, seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a large 16-millimeter uh, collection where I have a lot of those things that are on 16-millimeter as well. And then so, you're, digitizing, you're, putting them up on, you're digitizing them and putting them on the Roku channel? Correct. Correct. Okay, cool. And you're also on YouTube, I bet, right? Um, to, to a lesser extent, um, I really put my, my effort into the Roku channel. So if you have yeah. a Roku, you'd be very impressed with my channel. And well, this is such- and this is and this is still anomalies, right? Well, it's the anomalies channel, yeah. It's the anomalies An- channel. Theanomaliescanal.com. Right? Mm-hmm. But is it is there a part that's free and a part that's paid, the whole or thing is it is all free? No. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, then we're there. We have it. I just didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, free, the, we're there. No, I mean, one of the exciting one of the exciting things is, is, of course, if folks want to see the original Al Chop film, because. This always impressed me in the film UFO, where Al Chop, right. who was the press officer at the Pentagon, was involved in the entire 1952 um, uh, flap, a UFO flap, UFO invasion over the airspace in, right. in Washington. In Washington, and, yeah. And that Al Chop story, in addition to the Marion Magruder story, but the Al Chop story was one of the more convincing things to me because um, – I remember, I remember 1952 seeing the movie tone newsreels of that echelon of UFOs over the Washington Monument. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, it's a wedge. It's a wedge shape. It is a wedge-shaped echelon, which was the same thing that um, I forget his name, the pilot saw over Chesapeake Bay just that same weekend. Right. They right. were yeah, they they were, a couple of places. Yeah, they yeah, were flipping yeah. back and yeah. forth. And there was the order to shoot them down. Yeah, that, an and that was Frank Fischino. Yeah, that's Frank Fischino's book, A Military right. Order to Shoot Down the UFOs. Right. And in fact, it's this like is all... It's UFO or something. I have it somewhere. Right. And uh, this is, it's called Shoot Them Down is the... I think he's taking no, that title right. back. Shoot Them Down. Yeah. But yeah of no, course, you're right. There's another one called Target UFO. Right. And then he also uh, was corroborated by Edward Ruppelt's own book documenting... Right his experience on Project Blue Book during okay. that 1952 uh, flap. But the thing well, that interested me, one of the things you said earlier, was um, when you're talking about Alternative 3, and I know we want to get off this and get onto your videos, but it was the yeah. Stephen Hawking comment from, what, five years ago, that for yeah. human beings to survive, they have to get off planet Earth. Right. I thought that was a fact. In light of Alternative 3, 
I thought that was a fast. It, it was a fascinating comment because he wasn't saying it in jest. He said no. two things, not in jest, for human beings not to uh, uh, to survive, get off planet Earth. And the second thing was, be careful who you ping who you in are. outer space Thanks. because right. you may ping the wrong alien. Right. Yeah, don't advertise. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. give out our zip code. So, because- Olaf, so, yeah, so Olaf, you think there probably is a secret space program then, right? Absolutely. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, though, um, Bill, since you're a, a big uh, Project Blue Book fan, uh, one of the things that I have on my channel, um, my Roku channel, is the entire collection of Project UFO, which is oh, taken, right. it's that old TV show, which is taken right out of the, the Blue Book uh, files. I remember that show, and that was a fabulous show. Well, it was. It really I don't was. have any idea about it. That'd be cool to check out. Oh, you'll love it. It's, yeah, I think we'll do that tonight. Yeah. That was a, yeah, that was a really great. Yeah, that was a really great show. It, it, you know, it's so funny as you talk about this is that the reality television aspect of UFO. Let's just say UFO as opposed to the paranormal. That reality right. television aspect um, uh, grew up out of shows like UFO. I mean, taking events from Blue Book and then reinvestigating those events. Exactly. That's that's where it started. But the thing was, doing it on such a phenomenally low budget, but at the same time, giving it the whole aura of reality, because the people you're talking to aren't doing these simulations. They're the real people involved. Right. Yeah, well, but, it's like but, it's like UFO cover up live, right? You know that that really was one of the early, I would argue, attempts at kind of reality television UFO, because you had the real guys on there. You know, they had the the link to the Soviet Union. You had Condor and the Aviary show up. You know, and that was very much, you know, that was very much a kind of reality ish kind of. It, it was like the 1980s version of the Roswell slides. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, this one I, I have no memory of. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I don't think I've, why, A, I've not seen it, and B, say again what it was oh, called. And, it's called yeah, UFO okay. Cover Up Live. Okay, then I will it check had, it out. Uh, who's, the guy, who's the guy from a MASH? Yeah. Um, who's, who hosted it? Um, not a, no, host was, I remember was, his uh, face, too. It was not Alan Alda. Yeah. No, no, it was the other guy. It was the other guy, right? I forget his name. Yeah, the tall yeah. guy. The tall guy. Yeah, the guy who Trapper, played Trapper, Trapper John. Yeah, the guy who played BJ. Trapper I, John. He's still around. Oh, BJ Anikay. Yeah, Trapper yeah. John Anikay. Yeah. Yeah. Trapper yeah. John was another guy. That was a good <laughs> anyway, well, that was Alex. That was yeah, right. No, but no, but this guy was um, right. He he Shouldn't was the man. host of the right. he was the host of the show, and right. it was really a a, a very intriguing show. So well, the, um, the big the big breakthrough, right, was that the the aviary showed up, right? So you had Condor and and all those guys, and you had Bill Moore mm-hmm. pre admitting that he was a disinformation agent. You know, I and think we did all... see this. You know, I think oh we yeah, did see I'm this. sure you did. Yeah, I'm sure you been, did. You know, and yeah. and Angel also has a collection of so does Zod Rider. They all have collections of UFO stuff. That they've yep. collected over the years, and yep. and it's really fun oh, to yeah. see because that's that's what I mean about the whole conspiracy culture. There's there are people that 
each of us, the four of us talking, each of us believes certain people and everybody else says, oh, no, he's a big liar. There are really big liars in the field. And I think – so I don't know. One of the the most controversial is this guy named Bill Cooper. Now, Angel likes him very much. I grew up uh, in the UFO field with Don Ecker who despised him. Uh, and Bill and I have zero. How do you opinion, feel? Really. How do you feel about Don Eckers today, though? What do you mean? Honest I don't. Question? I don't have any contact with him at all. Okay, so, so he's just, you know, he's just a memory of the well, old Don no, no, Ecker. The question is, do you like him or do you dislike him? That's such a funny thing. You, Angel, are so cute. No, here's, here's, the, no, here's the question. This is the reason <laughs> why I asked that question. you tell me to be good. You tell no, me No, no. The good. reason I asked the question is if you don't like somebody, okay, if, you just, if he hated somebody, well, maybe he was wrong about that person if you don't like him. Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm wondering because I can tell you off air how I think a great misunderstanding happened, and it involves Don's wife, Vicky, and... John Alexander's wife, Vicky. I believe that those two Vickies got con- confused, perhaps, in Bill Cooper's mind because he accused. Perhaps, perhaps. Do you know what he what he accused the Eckers? He said that Vicky said yes, terrible things. Be, really. First yeah. of all, first of all, this whole thing, guy. this whole thing, grew out of this, like, in UFO magazine, we called it the dark side of ufology. It was the John Lear lecture that he gave to Art Bell. Or remember that famous oh, yeah. lecture, would you reveal sure. the truth if you knew this? And then so, well, well, what was the result of that? When he asked Art Bell at the end of that, what did Art Bell say? He wouldn't reveal the truth. Of course. That's right. Oh, yeah. yep. I mean, why would you actually tell people? And that people? is gripping. That was gripping radio. I was, that was a good one. literally... Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, anybody that wants it, I'll make it available. I, I reprinted it word for word. There's two versions. He did it twice. And it's, uh, the second was when he said that the moon was sucking out your souls. I don't think that was in the first. Right. I have the two. On the dark yeah. side of the moon. Right. <laughs> I believe but what that. If that's, what if that's true? Land, but see, that's, what if but it's see, true? That, well, but Guys. see, that to me huh. defines that to me defines the late '80s and early '90s. That was the time right. of Bob Lazar. That was the time of right. John Lear. That was the time of Bill Cooper. That was the time of yeah. all these people Jim basically Steve. saying that. See, that was the exact opposite of the contactee movement of the 1950s. These weren't Space Brothers, and and and, and Whitley Strieber comes out of that movement with communion. So these aren't space brothers. These are like, you know, space bad guys. And these are the guys right. who will they, they suck took your... It, they took it, yeah, they took it to a very dark place. It, the, the, the ufology became about conspiracy. And that, you know, it, it fully evil. transitioned in the mid-80s. Evil. Well, I, I don't say that I would say that it's evil. I would say it's amoral. That, you know, morality doesn't really enter into it. Evil, good... I think it's just, it's more conspiracy driven that there's there are these deep deep dark secrets that you don't know about that they're you know they may be shocking they may not be you know but the, it's it's a secrecy that 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 the hallmark of the mid eighties to the mid nineties is really secrecy. That's well, right. Secrecy and- for the sake of secrets isn't very evil, and secrecy for the sake of safety is honorable, but. 
when Bill says dark side, what I think, what I thought you meant was people who really literally would do a deal if they could with a demon just to get ahead. They literally would do that, you know, and sometimes they do that well, stupidly pretending the, no, to. No, but part of the dark to, side, part of the dark side is that's exactly what our government did. I mean, that's right. part why, of, do you say, why do you say that? That's part of this handshake agreement because you, supposedly, right? I mean, that's part of this handshake agreement that the government is keeping tabs on the ETs. The ETs <laughs> are keeping tabs on the government. And so you've got these human beings that are in the middle. And they're all keeping tabs on us, right? Right, that's the point. And, yeah. and like, we're yeah. the folks in the middle. And so the dark conspiracy is the government knows something that they're not telling right. us about the real fate of human beings, and right. but the government is this still is trying to research. This is where the X Files was born out of. The, the yes. X Files solution yes. was the black oil, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. The X Files solution is, is the black oil. That that's the yeah. dark secret. Right, yeah. and then and then and then the and then in the world of reality, there's the whole story of Dulcy, the firefight right. at Dulcy. Um, well, the even aliens. the Pablozar came in to re replace the guys that got blown up. Cutting the reactor open. Uh huh. You know, yeah, but that's not really. That's not. We're. We're. It's still fantasy to most of the outside world. Only within our little group do we call that reality. Well, UFOs are a fantasy to the outside world. I would disagree. Now, I don't think that's true. Why do you think that? that? I think in the mid '80s, maybe. I think a lot of people believe in that stuff now. Yeah, but you can't get into the mainstream media. You're not going to write. Uh, you're not going to be on a in panel. The mainstream media. Well, oh, you can yeah. get in the mainstream media with this stuff. Sure, you can. It, it's oh yeah, it's totally possible. I mean, they they might I mean, snicker and laugh a little I mean, at it, but you, yeah, you could you could do shows on it. When you, know, you try, media, sure. yeah, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, but Olaf, you try you, and get on CNN with some of this stuff and see how far it gets you. Yeah, they're gonna laugh at you, but yeah. And here's an example. Here's an example. Okay, so I will reveal a secret. He's yeah, here's an example. Back um, was it last year? Eighteen months ago, maybe. There was the, the group of scientists and uh, Christina Borgeson from CBS who had originally initially investigated the downing of TWA Flight 800. Yes, it was a missile. And yes, I know that now. And um, so uh, that group, that group was putting together a documentary. And the documentary was very revealing, not in what it proved, but in what it disproved. And so in the documentary, the right. whole thing was, uh, 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 could the center wing tank blow up the plane? Well, of course well, it could blow and, up the and plane. And they didn't let it on. And they didn't and, let it on, right? No, what I well, would here's argue what they did. CNN, here's what CNN they did. is irrelevant. No, but here's what they did. And, and I'll never forget this. <clears throat> the point in the video that they did was to show that an outside event could initiate a center wing tank explosion. Didn't have to be what the um, NTSB said. And what CNN did was they turned the entire thing around. And I remember this conversation between John King and Aaron Burnett in which they dismissed this. Sure. Wait, till their faces, wait till I see their faces next July. But th uh, th uh, they dismissed this as well. That's, that's what this is. And so... And you will hear on MSNBC, for example, the howling laughter when one of the hosts brings up Roswell, which is like a standing joke. 
So, right, but, they, but what you're telling me is the manifestation of mainstream media, right? right. That it, it's always like that. What I would argue to you is that the <clears throat> the fourth estate is no longer mainstream media. The mainstream media themselves. I mean, what is CNN, right? CNN now it's disaster porn. The only thing that anybody looks at CNN for is you know what island sank, you know where is there a shooting. Oh, I can watch bombs blowing up live. That's really all CNN is for. That these things, that you know, when there are these interesting things coming out, those are no longer coming out by mainstream media. CNN oh, that's included. true. That's, and that's let's, right. Okay, we have, I, I we think have we got to. Yeah, we, wrap, ahead, we have to wrap up in two hold, minutes. Hold on. And I want get your get your last thought say, out real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Let all that's of what you I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Go ahead, Olaf. The what? last point you were making. The last point you were about to make. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying that, that the fourth estate. You know, that, that that's moved on. Now, if you want to read good research, I mean, everybody laughed at me when I said that, that the, the ham operator that picked up a, you know, a coded <clears throat> burst transmission out of North Korea was a coded burst transmission out of North Korea. Well, guess what it was? What? You know, and if you want that research, <laughs> you know, you got to go and get it. But it's there. But you can't trust mainstream media to... You can't trust anybody. With that no, that's said, exactly right. And in fact, and that's what I'm not making money. So. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's uh, what Ted. Uh, that's what Ted Koppel said during the O.J. Simpson trial. All the stories were breaking in the tabloid media, not in the mainstream right. media. And there that's one of the oh. things Ted about. And we are out of time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm correct. Olaf, Olaf, give us your website. Anomalies.net. And press. Steamshovel.press, anomalies.net. Go visit Olaf. Buy the book, um, The Secret. Olaf, are you going to be anywhere live at any convention uh, anytime soon? Do you want to tell anybody about it? You know, um, I, may, I may be speaking at some places up in uh, Washington State uh, in about a month. Good time. Okay. Watch the website. McMinnville? I don't speak at convention. Gonna... I never get invited. Oh. I know. That's, that's messed up. You should. You're I awesome. think it's because you're too reasonable and too yeah, serious. Yeah, I want to thank our guest Olaf Phillips. We will continue talking. Our guest Olaf Phillips, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Always fun, always great. A true historian. And we are your co hosts, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Good night, everybody. Burns on Future Theater from Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Solberry Village on the Dark Matter. Digital Network and PSN Radio saying good night, have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week on Future Theater.